Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. Sixty-two-year-old father dies because he disputed a traffic ticket. They decided to taser him, which led to his death. Put up the picture full mass. It's a hell of a story. Mr. Johnny Holman was 62 years old. He got into an argument with an Atlanta police officer over a minor a minor traffic accident this month. Late on the evening of August 10th, Officer Chiron Kimbrough responded to the scene of the accident at the intersection of Cunningham Place and Joseph E. Lowry Boulevard. It was late at night. Kimbrough found Johnny Holman at fault for the incident and started to issue a traffic citation. The situation escalated when Holman, according to the police, became agitated and uncooperative. Let me just pause on that, keep the graphic up. I just wanna bring that to your attention. Being agitated and uncooperative is not a criminal statute. It's not against the law. Kimbrough struggled with Holman for several minutes before using a taser on him and handcuffing him with the aid of some of the witnesses. At that point, Mr. Holman became completely unresponsive and an ambulance was called to the scene. He's a 62 year old man. He was rushed to the hospital where he was later pronounced dead. Now, we covered that story when it first happened, very sad story. We have with us Attorney Davis, longtime friend and friend of the program, and Arnitra Holman, the daughter of the man who was killed because of the overreaction and aggressive behavior of Officer Kimbrough. To my understanding, um, there's a video you all have been able to see a portion or a full video. I thank you for being on the program. I wish it was under better circumstances. Thank you, Dr. Richie. We appreciate you. And we did on Friday have an opportunity with the family, our legal team, my law partner, Harold Spence, and our legal team, along with the family, viewed this video body cam footage. And of course, it was video that the city selected. It was only five minutes long. It doesn't have any of the information following 
uh, what what happened there. But what we did see was deeply, deeply disturbing. Can you describe in words, attorney, what was disturbing about the part of the video you did see? So Mr. Holloman never refused to sign this citation. He merely asked for a sergeant and he specifically said, can you call a sergeant? I didn't do anything. And he's you know, walking around his truck trying to show the officer how the accident occurred. The officer is again, 23 years old. He yells at the 62 year old man who's a chairman of the deacon board and tells him, Lower your voice, you know, talking to him as if this was the 1950s or 60s and and they were on some dirt road and and he owed him no respect um, as an elder. And so what we saw was this officer continued to say, you, you're going to sign this or you're going to go to jail, you're going to sign this. And so at that point, Mr. Holloman says, all right, I'm going to sign it, I'm going to sign it. And as he's reaching out to try to sign it, the officer grabs his arm and does a leg sweep to take him down. And so it makes no sense that he's asked him to sign the ticket. When he agrees to sign the ticket, he just uses force unnecessarily to take him to the ground. And from there, he just got so physical and you could hear, you could hear Mr. Holloman continue to say, I can't breathe, my asthma's acting up. He started yelling for help because he was being physically assaulted for no reason. Wow, and and I, it boils my blood, man. The first narrative that the city produced was that this was because he refused to sign a ticket. He was uncooperative, he became aggressive. And then they tried to dirty his name by talking about this was in the vehicle, it had nothing to do oh. with with the arrest, I want you to talk about that. Then I'm gonna go to Ms. Hallman, talk about how they tried to basically spin the narrative in the beginning and dirty his name. And you had to make a public proclamation to tell the city, don't go there, don't start this. And what's so ridiculous is that the officer never entered his car That's right. when he decided to make this arrest. It had nothing to do with, with anything they found in a car that the truck that was Mr. Holloman's truck, but is driven by his grandsons. In fact, there was a gun in the truck that his grandson later came and claimed. And so anything that's in that truck, they can't attribute it to Mr. Holloman, but they would attempt to do that because they're trying to make him out of some kind of criminal so they could justify his killing. But what we know and we're clear about and we've been fighting for many years is that we're not going to allow the Atlanta Police Department or any police department in the Atlanta metro area or across the state to be the judge during execution. It's not going to happen on our watch. And so this was just absolutely unreasonable and senseless. And he tased him repeatedly. And there were witnesses that came over to assist him. There was a tow truck driver that came running in and jumping on Mr. Holloman. Um, and putting what looked to be his knee on Mr. Holloman's neck. This video should be released, Doc. I'm telling you, the world should see what happened. It is consistent with what we saw with Eric Garner. It's consistent with what you see in George Floyd. There's a level of aggression, police aggression, that is without 
any basis or reason. It's unnecessary for a 23 year old to take this 62 year old man who's telling you I can't breathe. He says it between 13 and 16 times, I can't breathe. And the officer never lets up. Ms. Haldeman. Yes. My um, my condolences to you. And um, I know it's going to take a lot of strength to talk about this. What went through your mind when you saw that video for the first time? I was in outrage. I was mad as hell. I was just outraged completely. I couldn't hold my composure. I couldn't even be still. She literally fell to the floor. I mean, literally. I mean, the family, you know, his his daughters, his sister. The, I mean, they were because they saw it. They saw that it was over a ticket. A ticket. I mean, you know what I mean? Their daddy and and, and grandfather is gone over a freaking ticket, man. That's just unthinkable. And that he's not been fired, he's not been arrested, and they haven't released the video is just unthinkable. And so we're we're calling on the Atlanta community to demand the release of this video. The world should know what happened because so often, you know, the whole we're gonna be transparent. Well, then be transparent. Be as transparent as they were in Tyree Nichols. Be as transparent as they were in Breonna Taylor. Be as transparent as they were in cities all across America that don't claim to be the civil rights capital of the world. Be that transparent. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Um, Ms. Holman, when you got the information about what happened, what was the narrative presented to you first? So first of all, nobody really came and spoke to me about what happened. I actually, my dad actually called me. So when he called me, he called out, he said, baby, baby. But I could hear what was going on because he, you know, the phone was on speaker. So I could hear my dad and I could also hear the officer. So seeing that video, um, it just gave me confirmation for what I already knew because I had already heard it. I didn't physically see it, but I heard it. So when I put what I heard to what I saw, yeah, I'm in outrage. And I feel like this officer, he needs to be prosecuted. I feel like he needs to be off the force and terminated. And I feel like the world needs to see what he did to my daddy. It's, to me, it's just clear cut murder. I mean, I don't know no other way to see it. And then for my dad to have to beg for help or to beg for his life over a traffic ticket, senseless. And hmm. Attorney Davis, obviously there's a police report that goes with the, a use of force incident, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. I would imagine there are inconsistencies to say the least in this police report. Have you been able to see this, this police report directly? Oh, it, it, the, the police report is very bland, doesn't give the real story. and, and Doc, you've been doing this so long, you know how this goes. It, it was the same thing they said in the George Floyd murder, that um, the person just became unresponsive. That's how they describe George Floyd, is that he was combative and then became unresponsive. Never mentioning that Derek Chauvin's knee was on his neck for nine minutes. Um, this officer repeatedly tased this 62-year-old man, repeatedly, punches him in the head. I mean, just it, it, the level of violence 
was over over him asking for a sergeant and then even agreeing to sign the ticket. So it, it they can't even say it was a refusal because he says three times, I'll sign the ticket, I'll sign the ticket. But by then the officer had lost all composure, all professionalism, and had just become um, a, a just absolute violent maniac that ultimately um, participated in the killing of, of this church deacon. And, and we want the church to be outraged as well. This is one of ours, right? If you are a church goer in the Atlanta metro area, we had a chance to meet with the concerned black clergy. Every church should be going straight to City Hall demanding the release of this video. Every church. When this Every first church. happened, when this first happened, I remember just the irony of their narrative. None of it added up. It did not make sense what they were saying happened, right? And then you go to the background of Mr. Haldeman, obviously a church man, someone who wanted to assert his rights because he knew he had been wronged. That's what individuals who know who they are do, okay? They're comfortable in that. He calls his daughter because he knows this has now gone to another level. Mm-hmm. Daughter picks up the phone, you can hear the background, you can hear the noise. You don't know exactly what's happening, but you know that it's not good. And then you see the video, a video that is a short version of what really happened, but they refuse to release it. Attorney Davis, why is the city holding onto the video? Again, we believe that they're holding on the video because they know how damning it is. They know how this is so without any justification. Uh, the timing of this could not be worse for the city as they seek to invest $90 million and be a part of the building of what they say is going to make us safer. Uh, these are all contradictions that are difficult for them to, to excuse and to dismiss. And so what we are clear about, and you should hear this Dr. Ritchie, that at one point, Mr. Holloman during his attempt to convince the officer that he wasn't at fault. He says, Lord Jesus, or something to the effect of you know, invoking God. And the officer says to him, you can call whoever you want to. You can call your priest, right? Wow. I mean, making a mockery of, wow. of, of, his, of his religion, of his spirituality. And then the next thing you know, is he escalates to tasing him. And so we believe that this is a part of the culture of Atlanta policing and that that's what has to be addressed and that this isn't a one off. And we have enough cases against the city of Atlanta to be able to tell you unequivocally that the police see us as a them, the police versus us, the citizens. And if you get on the wrong side of them, they will use deadly force against you. I say often that policy can say whatever they wanted to say, but culture eats policy alive every day of the week. And that is what you see permeating here. Ms. Holman, I would like you to tell us the kind of man your father was. I mean, my dad, he was a good man, you know. Um, he, like we said, he was a church going man. 
He was had been a deacon for 15 years. My daddy was a leader in the community. I mean, all the kids and everybody in my community, they just love my daddy. He was the type of person, if you needed something, he would give it to you. He would pray with you. He would talk to you and minister to you. It's been so many people that had been going through so many different things and they remember my dad as such. Um, people all over been doing videos and talking about that and just the man that he was, you know, he was like our best friend. He was what we went to. He was the patriarch of our family, you know, and now we've lost that, you know, and so we still trying to process all of these, even as his children, we can't really help our kids process it because we don't know how to process it. I mean, you've taken something from us and I keep saying it, that you did not give to us and you all you took it for a minor traffic accident or ticket that even my daddy was still willing to sign so even in the moment when he knew that he was being wrong he still called out for god he still called out for jesus you see and even with that my dad always wanted us to show love to one another and show love to other people because he was saying that will always drive out darkness that's the type of man he was he was willing to just give it up just so that he could you know Clear up any confusion or just make it go away. But the officer didn't see it like that. My dad was not a threat at all. That was just, that wasn't the man he was. Even the people that he worked around or worked for, you know, they would write beautiful letters and they would mm -hmm. talk about his character and the man he was. And the way that they try to put that narrative out there, like he was belligerent or drunk or aggressive, that video showed none. That's not who my dad was. His character was so much more than that. Yeah. Um, I don't believe Officer Kimbrough uh, thought your dad was a threat at all. I think this officer wanted to bully somebody yes. uh, that went to the level of killing somebody because of his own negligent aggression and unbecoming behavior. Um, attorney, what should happen next? The release of the video, and we're, we're gonna stand on that, that that is a part of the transparency that the city often touts. We're gonna stand on that this video has to be released in its entirety. We're not gonna move off of that. And so we're again, we're asking community organizers and, and this family has been a part of two marches already. One with um, an organ organizers marching from Atlanta Police Department to the city hall where police aggressed upon us as we marched. On, on bikes and we had to divert them and, and just continue to stand tall. But then they also had a march, the students over the Atlanta University Center, march from the Atlanta University Center to the CNN Center. And so we're just asking that this is an opportunity for the people of the city of Atlanta to support one of their sons of the city. From Bankhead, the Bankhead coordination, uh, this man was uh, Atlanta through and through, and and the city has to lift up his life in a way that the powers that be will not forget, not just how he died, but how he lived. And that's critically important in this moment. Very well said to everyone who's watching Indisputable, I encourage you, make sure, make sure APD, Atlanta Police Department knows you wanna see full transparency in that video released. Right, Ms. Holman, we are supportive. We advocate with you for you. My condolences to you. The man next to you is my friend. He's one of the best advocates on this planet. I'm glad you all are working together in such a horrible circumstance.
We will update this story, Attorney Davis, as soon as an update is available. Please keep us informed. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Richie. We appreciate you. We appreciate this platform and the way that you work to make sure that our voices are not muffled, but they are heard and amplified. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you both.